Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. We'll talk about the Raz Bowl playoffs with Mike Alexander. Also some bold predictions for the second half of the fantasy season. As Fantasy Sports today, hour number two starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to White. And welcome back. It is hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We got you here for now the next hour. And then we're going to turn it over to our friends, uh, Dr. Roto, who've got you live for another hour a little bit later today. Make sure that you catch his show coming up in about an hour from now. And before we get back into the football conversation, I know, Joe, that you have uh, been doing some wrestling podcasts and um and certainly you're still a big wrestling fan. I, I was, you know, and I see you, you know, every once in a while talk about it on Twitter. And I, and I kind of wanted to go off the grid just for a few minutes here because when I was growing up, I was a huge WWF fan, WCW, AWA. AWA was actually here in Miami. I even went to Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. I even sure. went to that. Tilda the Hun. I went tickets to that uh, and, and, and went to that as well. Mm -hmm. So I was a huge fan. My dad used to take me to a place called the James L Knight center in Miami. And I used to, we used to see the wrestlers wait for them after when it was all over too. It was really cool experience. But then, um, I got older, you know, and kind of fell completely out of interest in it. And I know it still exists. And listen, don't get me wrong. I know it's still wildly popular and, and wildly effective and a huge moneymaker. I am not at all trying to, discredit that but what kept your interest for all these years in this because i'm just curious how you've been able to kind of cultivate another niche as a broadcaster into this wrestling as well yeah uh it's a good question and i actually had some ebbs and flows as well i grew up in the era of macho man and roddy piper and hulk hogan in that era of the golden age of the wwf at the time still and uh living in new york i remember you know my dad letting me stay up to watch saturday night main event and that was a big yeah. deal like i could stay up till like 10 o'clock and watch that oh my god so good and um so i always loved it and i was always you know taken aback by the the athleticism and the things going on like that and then when i was in college when i actually started fighting in college um and training in combat Wrestling was really, really hot in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia was like the ECW hardcore wrestling stuff, but also the golden age of this whole attitude era of wrestling where there was this guy named Dwayne Johnson who I thought was absolutely hilarious, and, I, and I'll never forget the first time I saw him. I turned to my buddy John. We were sitting there watching, and I was like, this guy's going to be a star, and I had no idea the kind of star he would be. <laughs> I said, this dude gets it. He was a heel. He was a bad guy. Said he was going to be the people's champion and everybody booed him out of the building. And it was the funniest gimmick I'd ever seen. It was great. And the guy became a stud and it was so cold and all this stuff. And WrestleMania 15 was in Philadelphia. So I got to go there with all my buddies. We tailgated. We went there and it was like a communal thing. Like on Monday night, 
all the boys in the college, we would all get together and we'd hang out, watch Raw, drink some beer and, and, you know, play PlayStation and Madden. And it uh-huh. was like a communal thing. But I always had, I started to then appreciate after training in the combat, just how good these guys were. And then I realized where we were at, what they were doing and how this choreography was going basically on the fly between each other. And we recognize what great athletes they are. And now in this generation, what you're getting, you're getting something that's unbelievable. Um, the, the talent that's out there, especially in the NXT product of WWE, if I send you one or two links, if you watch one or two, I know you're a busy guy, but maybe in January you watch one or two of these matches. It's going to blow your mind. It's not anything you've ever seen before in wrestling. And the story, I'm a sucker for good theater, just period. I think sports is theater. That's what it is. It's, I don't know how it's going to end. It doesn't matter if it's predetermined or not. I know Hamlet's going to end. He dies at the end. It's the execution right. that matters. Mm-hmm. The baseball, I don't know how the baseball game's going to end. I don't know how the football game's going to end. It's great drama. Wrestling, I don't care if the ending is predetermined. Tell me the story, and can you execute it? And can you make me care about it? And then a couple of years ago, I got my kids into it, never thinking it was going to take. And here we are three years later. They've been to SummerSlam. They've been to a bunch of WWE events. They've been to NXT. They, they, we, we watch it every week together. So again, it becomes this communal thing, and it's something you, like sports, you connect and bond over. And I never thought they would get it as much as they did. And the fact that I could explain how it works to them I think it gave them a different appreciation for it too, because these guys are, and gals too, the women are spectacular right now. They're carrying some of these programs some weeks and where, what they're doing right now, like I said, in terms of athletes, I'm hard pressed to find better athletes across the, a lot of other sports than there are right now working in AEW, WWE and all these right. other promotions. And I'll tell you what last thing too, I know you want to get out of this, but no, no, um, the, the, the wrestling right now, you talk about being the few, Soccer may or may not be a global product. I mean, it's a global product, but wrestling is that one thing that translates globally to it's stunning how much it does. They have more oh, social yeah. media followers than the NFL, than the NBA and major league baseball and NHL combined. When you think about their reach of social media. So that tells you where that product is. And it's, and it's unbelievable. And, and I, like I said, what about these, these new leagues that just keep popping up though? Like what? Well, AEW is kind of like a another one just started like real recently, right? Yeah, AEW Dynamite just started on Wednesday nights on TNT, and that's Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and those guys basically went out on their own. They were independent guys. New Japan, Cody's with WWE. Cody Rhodes, obviously, son of Dusty Rhodes, who I'm sure you remember from our childhood. So, in the independent spirit of Dusty Rhodes, they went out there and said, "We're going to make our own wrestling." program and, and someone uh one of the wrestling writers dave Meltzer, said these guys couldn't sell out whatever and they said all right and they went out a couple years ago and they sell, sold out a ten thousand seat arena in like a you know a couple hours and they said hey we got something here we can do this the independent voice of wrestling is strong so now they've grown it over the last year and change to their own program on tnt the con family who owns the jacksonville jaguars is behind it so they're pumping money into it and it's not as good of a product as say the nxt product is uh, WWE product goes up and down, but overall it's, I'll tell you what, man, I've been with my kids to a bunch of things. You could spend 150 bucks and take your kids to wrestling and have three, four hours of just a great time. And you can't always say that about going to some other events and sporting events, man. Sometimes they're lame. Sometimes the people around, they ruin it for you. The fan base typically of wrestling, very inclusive, very cool. Everybody's very, you know, they got kids There's adults. There's a whole Black, white, brown, doesn't matter. It's a very it's a very unique kind of communal place. And I think it's why it's so popular, too, is because it really does reach everybody and in, in different ages and different social stratospheres and everything. Paul Kelly, one of our friends from Satellite Radio, was just at Raw last night, front row. Wow, front row. How did he get that? 
Uh, he's he works for uh, he's he's a big deal, Paul Kelly. I think that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, um, I've actually had him on my uh, wrestling pod. He'd come and talk with us a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I uh, I used to enjoy it a lot. I don't uh, pay that much attention to it anymore, but I'm just kind of curious because I see you always. I think about you it. would enjoy, and it's funny because in Orlando is where NXT is located. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far. How far are you from Orlando? I don't have three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay, right. so you're pretty far. But yeah, I right. would say this: they do travel around the NXT product. That product is the it's their quote unquote developmental, but now it's become its own show, and now they're on TV two hours every week. They are spectacular, and I think you would dig it. Because the tone of it's very unique, it's very different. But okay. the, check the it out. stuff, the athleticism, unreal, dude. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. We come back. Mike Alexander from Fantasy Alarm Rotowan joins us next. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm gonna keep doing a book because they make me feel good. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. And joining us now to talk a little fantasy football. You know him as Roto Juan over at Fantasy Alarm. It does some great work on a lot of different fantasy publications. Uh, he joins us now here on the show, Mike Alexander. Mike, thanks for coming on the show with Craig and Joe. What's happening? Not much, guys. Just uh, getting through the fantasy football season. Seems like every week's up and down for me. How are you guys making out? That's that's That sounds accurate. I'd, I'd like to go on a winning streak, but uh, no losing streaks for me this year. But I'd love to go on some sort of winning streak. It's just like a win, a loss, a win, a loss pretty much for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, back in, I believe it was early August, I participated in the Raz Bowl, which turned out to be probably an unmitigated disaster on every level for me, because after it was over, Mike, I went back and looked. And you never want to see your name as like the highest ADP drafter of this player. And I think I was the highest on like five guys. And I knew immediately, okay, like I way overdrafted. And of course, I took Antonio Brown in the first round. So if I didn't know it was over at that point, once Carryon Johnson went down, that was my elimination. But uh, Raz Bowl has been a lot of fun. And I know we're entering the hot time of the year for that as well. Yeah, we, uh, we're starting the playoffs this week. And, you know, we're over on the, the NFC platform. And, and uh, you know, they, they've got a really nice uh, playoff format, in my opinion. We're, we're, it mimics their cut line product, you know, which is a hybrid best ball kind of thing. And what it does is it's going to take your average score from the first nine weeks. And then you're going to play weeks 10, 11, and 12 and get that average score added to it. So there's really not going to be, you know, that one team that, that had Derrick Henry go off in the playoffs and, and knock out the one seed or anything like that. Um, so, so it makes it really a, a fair way to, to determine who's the best, in, in my opinion. Um, 
and you know we've got some some really nice names at the top there uh it's been Patrick Morris was leading for most of the season in first place and he didn't have a bad week, but a, a kind of a, a regular average week. And a couple guys leapfrogged him. Adam Ronis, uh, who's on the channel, uh, he he jumped into second place. And then uh, Mike Beers from RotoViz, he he grabbed the number one seed. So some some really nice names at the top of the board. It's been a fun competition. Um, I, I won't mention where you're at, Craig, though. No, please. <laughs> yeah, don't mention where I am either, probably. The one thing you know about me, Mike, is I'm most non-caring when it comes to this stuff. Am I dead last? Just tell me, am I dead nah. dead last? Uh, you're, you're, you're in the bottom third, uh, you know, I want to be in last of the last. That's where I want to be. <laughs> well, here's a question. How many teams did you have participate this year? 180 teams for over 15 leagues. 180. So, so there you go. So there's, there's, there's <laughs> there it is. So how would you, um, how would you go through this, Mike, and suggest in a hybrid format like that in terms of draft approach? Do you change anything because it's this weird hybrid, or do you think you just go out like you always do, or you just basically try to do what you can to be good in the first half, and the you know, and and then hope that you do enough to stay healthy and make it to a playoff format? Right. Yeah. You know that that's that was the big conversation in draft season is you know how are we going to approach this? And a big part of that was was bye weeks because with the playoffs starting earlier than your standard you know uh, football league. Do you want your buys to happen prior to the playoffs uh, and, and hopefully be strong then, but they may weaken you in the overall standings, or do you want them happening later and hope that you have a good enough team? Um, you know, I, I tended to mix it in and, and just try to not have any major weeks where you were going to uh, really take a big hit. Um, and, you know, you, you see that with some people right now uh, with, with six teams on by this week, they're probably a little nervous for week one in the playoffs. And then, you know, as well as the, you know, the better ball format that we, we had utilized with only $10 of fab, that was uh, kind of interesting to see how people attack that. A lot of people were kind of hoping for that, that, you know, magic bullet late in the season. And it hasn't really come. You know, Ty Johnson was, was the hot name, and he really didn't pan out. So uh, it hasn't happened. We're joined by Mike Alexander. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Juan here on the show. The other thing that's that's really been interesting this season is Mike at the beginning of the year, of course, Andrew Luck went down and you know, retired and we had injuries to Patrick Mahomes. The quarterback position has been one that yeah. you really needed to have strong value out of this year. Stafford has been one of the big stories, I think, in fantasy for how well he's played. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Matt Stafford, the past three weeks, has turned into to Matt Stafford of old. Uh, he's throwing for, for over 300 yards, well over 300 yards, three and four touchdowns on, you know, 40-some attempts uh, the last two, two out of the last three weeks. So, you know, if you've got him in a best ball format, you're you're thrilled. Uh, you really are, are happy that you had him as a fairly late pick. He was not a very trendy name coming into this season. Um, you know, and I think that's going to continue. It's that defense is not that great and kind of getting worse. Uh, I don't really have much faith in, in their head coach. You know, Matt Patricia, I've never been a big fan. I think he's just another one of these Patriots coaches that, you know, they, they seem great in New England and then they go somewhere else and it, it turns out to be not the case. Um, you know, I don't think he handles the team very well either. A lot of decision-making is questionable. So that all leads to Matt Stafford probably is going to be playing a lot of, of uh, chasing, uh, chasing the scoreboard and creating fantasy points for us. All right, when you're looking at the second half of the season coming up too and you've got uh, Kareem Hunt coming back, you got David Montgomery starting to trend in the better direction despite how bad the Bears have been. You also got Devin Singletary coming off a good game, finally healthy. Uh, so any of these running backs of those three or maybe all of them for you, how relevant do you think they're going to be here down the stretch run 
in all these playoff formats, not just in the Raz Bowl, but also looking in all season long formats. Who do you think is the difference maker of, let's say, Hunt, Montgomery and Singletary? You know, out of those three, I would have to think Montgomery just because he's got the most definitive role. Um, you know, Singletary is a nice, flashy player, but Frank Gore is still going to get his 15 carries a week. And, you know, Singletary is going to have to take it on himself to to have big plays and be a, a reliable fantasy asset. Um, and then Kareem Hunt, you know, as I got a lot of Nick Chubb shares, and, and I wasn't worried right up until the last couple of weeks. And they started shifting some of uh, the passing work to Dontrell Hilliard. And that, that's really what has made Nick Chubb such a solidified value. Is even the weeks where he doesn't break off a 50-yard run, he's caught some passes. It, it pads the stats a little bit and it makes him a nice, reliable option week in and week out, uh, especially in an offense that hasn't been clicking on all cylinders, to say the least. Um, but now Kareem Hunt might be getting into the mix in the passing game. Uh, and, you know, he's probably going to have fresh legs. Uh, it, it's a little bit scary as a Chubb owner. Uh, uh, We'll see what their exact plans are here in the next weeks. But um, out of those three guys, uh, uh, Montgomery is really starting to show what they drafted him for. He's a, he's a hard-nosed runner. He, he does not go down at, at, with first contact. Uh, and that offensive line <laughs> does not create a lot of space for him. So that's what they need at running back. I think they start to lean on that. All right, last question for Mike Alexander. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore one and his great work over at Fantasy Alarm. Also, he mentioned the NFC and the uh, Razzle playoffs will start. Uh, Manuel Sanders is someone that I think everyone is now starting and playing in every fantasy league. This is shocking to me. I did not see this coming. Uh, I actually liked Marquise Goodwin. I feel like he's completely out of favor right now with the San Francisco 49ers. And it does look like, Mike, that Sanders is the go-to guy for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they've uh, they've plugged him right in. You know, last week he played 70 snaps. That's almost a season high. Uh, it's a lot faster paced offense in San Fran than it was in Denver. Um, and, you know, we're seeing that, that Kyle Shanahan number one receiver is, is the guy that the targets are going to flow through. Uh, that's a little bit scary. I think from this perspective that Sanders is an older player, he came off the Achilles and, and it looked great, but it's still something in the back of your mind. It's just one of those situations you got to ride them until otherwise, uh, you know, I, I think this team was starved for a receiver who was reliable you know, uh, Shanahan was definitely unhappy with, with Pettis. Um, Goodwin is another guy that just doesn't stay on the field enough. Uh, you get those soft tissue injuries. and He can't rely on him week in and week out. Debo Samuel, same thing. You know, he's, he's had some nagging injuries, which tends to happen with rookies. So they went out. They spent a lot for, for Manny Sanders, a third and a fourth. That's, that's a lot of draft capital to give up for a receiver as old as Sanders is. And uh, they're, they're going to ride him. They're going to put him in uh, to that number one receiver role, and they're going to throw him the ball a lot. Well, thanks so much, Mike, for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch over your all your work and uh, great job with the Raz Bowl. It feels like a lot of fun for me, for sure. Sorry I didn't perform as well as I would have liked to, but, you know, it always, happens. Craig. It's always next year. There's always baseball season, Mike. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. We'll catch up. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Rest of the way. Thanks, right, Mike. Mike. Mike Alexander with us at Twitter at under at Roto underscore one. Let me get that right. At Roto underscore one. Follow Mike Alexander. Does a great job with everything that he does. He's appeared on this show many times for uh, baseball and football season. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on the show. We will be back with some bold predictions for the second half of the fantasy season. You're listening to Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, right with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Listening on iTunes or Android, if you're listening as a podcast, whether it's Stitcher or anywhere else, give us five stars. Give us a great rating. We certainly would appreciate it. And we'll be back right after this.
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you here on a Tuesday, as believe it or not, we'll be back tomorrow with Waiver Wire Wednesday. Could be a quiet week, although there are a couple of interesting names, maybe more than there were last week, too. So I want to dive into that, but we'll wait for tomorrow's show for that. The second half of the season is basically upon us, and for fantasy purposes, we're almost two-thirds of the way through. We will be after this week, approaching some critical weeks. Thanksgiving's coming up, too. Should be a lot of fun to uh, watch football on Thanksgiving like it always is. College bowl games as well, but we thought we would break out the old bold prediction ball today, and we're going to roll those off, and I think that, uh, Joe, maybe we can go one by one with these. You go first. I'll take one. You go. I'll go. And we'll dive in and think whether or not any of these are realistic here in the second half of the football season. So fire away. (laughs) I hope they're in the realm of realistic at the very least, but uh, we'll see if this one's too bold or not. I've been a big Cortland Sutton guy all year. Uh, I was very, very upset when Joe Flacco went down with the injury. I was very concerned. And then I got to watch some of the game film of the uh, contest this past weekend. And obviously, Brandon Allen has some shortcomings. There's no doubt about that. But. I think I saw enough that from a fantasy perspective, Cortland Sutton is going to maintain his value. The current value is at catching four balls a game, 75 yards, a touchdown, whatever that is. I think he can maintain that. I don't think the sky is falling around me here with this one. So that's bold prediction. Number one, do you think I'm crazy, Craig? No, I I think that less targets are coming his way, but provided that he makes the most out of his targets, I think it is absolutely reasonable. That's and that's like, been his M.O. He's made the most out of those targets yeah, most absolutely. of the year. Yeah, I could see a lot of four catch 70 yards in a touchdown games like that seems to be. I don't, I don't see like 12 catches in a game. No, I don't think he's that kind of receiver anyway. It doesn't see or at least not this offense doesn't allow that because of the volume of the run game. It reminds me a lot of a guy who used to play in Denver. He reminds me of Brandon Marshall. It's kind of what it reminds me of young. Yeah, hey, it's not a bad comparison, actually. Tell you they don't have color there. That's that's the difference. there. No, uh, no Jay color. Great for him. Wow. Uh, OK, uh, let's start off with mine. Uh, Christian McCaffrey goes over twenty five hundred all purpose yards. He would need to do better in the second half than he did in the first. But I don't think that's unrealistic at this point, Joe. Uh, twenty five hundred yards would put him into fantasy elite all time category, by the way, if he ended up doing this. Well, if he does that, you can lock up that MVP, too. <laughs> I just want to put that up. I'm sorry. It's, it's kind of hard for a guy to have that and not give him the MVP 2,500 yards. Pace is close. Well, he, he, the pace is really close when you consider he doesn't have to play Tampa anymore. He's done. Tampa was his kryptonite all year. That was the one team that kind of held him in check. So if you don't have to worry about Tampa, I don't know. I haven't looked at their schedule the rest of the season. Do you see the schedule allowing that? I don't He's think it matters. Falcons? I don't think it matters. All right. Well, but uh, no, not matters, but you need to, you need more than matters. You need they play the Falcons twice. So you might not be that this might not be as crazy as you think it is when you wrote it down. <laughs> just putting that well, out there. What I would say for guys like this, it, the matchups don't matter. It just it's it's a historical 
Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders type. Like, did it really matter who they played against? Like, he just got his every game. Todd Gurley two years ago. Like, it just doesn't matter. They play a great team. He's great. They play a bad team. He's great. It's just, I think that's who he is. But look, this is a stretch, no doubt. And Carolina, if they're not in a great position in week 17, you know, 2,500 is not a milestone. 2,000 is a milestone. They'll, they'll try to get him that. But it, after that, it's a little questionable. Yeah, all right. I, uh, let's hope he's still standing after all of that. So. My gosh, what they're doing to this kid. Okay. Uh, yeah. Remember that uh, before the year? They're going to limit his touches, whatever. Okay. Second down. Go ahead, Joe. Or second, uh, second bowl prediction. Okay. Second bowl prediction. Devin Singletary will lead the Bills in rushing rest of the season. Josh Allen will be the second leading rusher. And Frank Gore will be the third. There you go. Planting the flag. Let's go. I'm not giving up yet, baby. I believe. You got to believe, Craig Mish. I know. You've been on this all year. I know. I'm an optimist. You know why? Here's the why. Here's why I'm a miserable optimist. Because when I was a kid, game six of the World Series, I believed the Mets were going to come back and win. And then they did. And I've been miserable ever since. I always believe in trying to be optimistic and doing the work and hopefully it all pays off. And I think Singletary's just had the perfect storm of bad injuries, bad situation there, and gloves come off second half of the year. And now they don't have to worry about workload because he's missed so much time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he, I mean, he's been a bust. I mean, there's just not any other way to put it. Just he's because been an of, incomplete. I think it's tough to call him a bust yeah, it, on the it, field. It doesn't matter the results play. That's the it, the result of a fantasy football season is the right, result. But his ADP was nothing that you had to. Your season wasn't riding on Devin Singletary. He was a bonus anyway. He was drafted as an RB three or four. And he's been a bust as an RB three or four. OK, that's it. Number two uh, for you. Speaking core, of busts. Uh, and by the way, I, I could agree with this one. I don't think that this is far fetched at all. I certainly think he could lead in rushing yards. I don't think Gore's third, though. I think that's that's a little bit of a that's that's where I think he went off the rails there a little bit. Gore, <laughs> I mean, Gore's going to be, you know. be behind Allen. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's it's going to be a whole okay, new bill. OK, uh, Damien Williams. I got him at eight touchdowns rest of the season. One touchdown per game. I know that's far out there, but I'm going to take a stab at this. Boy, uh, Brad Ziegler and I went back and forth on this. I was razzing him a little bit about Damian Williams because he was so high on him going into the year. And he kept telling me, just wait, just wait, just wait. And you know what? I mean, not a big run. I mean, I don't know. He had one big run. I think it's default. You're probably not wrong. Eight is not unreasonable, especially if he has one game where he has multiple one or two games. Right. Of multiples. That would have to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's probably not impossible because you figure they're going to put more points on the board when Mahomes is back right. and on this offense. So and let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's view McCoy as done. I think that's it. I, don't I think, think that's it, fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't right. know if it'll happen, but it's one of the bold ones. Mm-hmm. All right. Here you go. You ready for my number three here? You ready? Got your sure. uh, got your socks on here. You ready? Going to blow them off. This is Latavius Murray, who currently has 104 fantasy points in PPR. We'll end up with more fantasy points than Alvin Kamara, who currently is 110 for the rest of the season. When it ends, Latavius Murray is going to have more points than Alvin Kamara. What do you think about that? I think we'll know the answer to that this week. I think we'll know because we'll see what the script is and how they use these guys. And I don't think it's going to change from what you see this week. If Murray's heavily involved, I think you could be right. There's a bus nobody's talking about. If he's not, then no. I feel like nobody's talked about what a bus Kamara has been this year. Been a bust. I know, but nobody seems that we we don't even give it enough airtime. I mean, yeah. we really need to go back and talk about how good Lat Murray's been. No, he's been a bust. That's it. He's been a bust. Yeah. That's All right. Number three. Uh, Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman each get a thousand yards. Yeah, that I don't so, even think this is bold. So but, 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 but Coleman's so far off. You got to look at the stats. A lot would have to happen for Coleman to get there. Breida's got. Where's he at now? Where's he at now? Less than four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> 
less than four, like like three ninety, less than four hundred. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, about approximately. Yeah. Okay, so but the way they run the ball so much, and he's had some huge rushing days already since he's been back. I don't know, man. I don't think it's impossible. It's bold. I don't think it's impossible. So you would think in eight games, that's that should be that should happen. Coleman's going to have to have a, a 170 yard day in order for this to happen. But can you imagine that? Who would have thought that you give me two running backs? Oh, you would have went. Uh, what's that? The running back on the I ended up cutting him. I can't say uh, Darwin Thompson, Darwin Thompson and, and Damian Williams or Madison and Cook. Right. It's going to be this this Brita and Coleman combination with Coleman missing three games. I got to tell you, I've been impressed with what I've seen out of Brita this year. Last year was kind of hard to gauge because you just didn't. I mean, I don't. I think anybody looking at the 49ers last year just kind of go i'm not sure what to buy in here or not but in some of these games here especially just watching some of the thursday night after halloween trick-or-treating was done i was just impressed with brita like i feel like that guy just doesn't, he just doesn't get enough credit he's he's a good little back there he really is now the rest of the season they got seahawks cardinals packers ravens saints falcons Rams, seahawks so depending on what you think of the seahawks defense yeah, um yeah. It's it's not impossible. Uh, you know, sure. also holding up against us is the fact that San Francisco goes fourteen and two and benches guys in the final week too. Um, you know, could be a Mostert game. Anyway, all right. So that's the third for me. You love Mostert the way I love David Montgomery. I, I don't love Mostert at all. You, you I love had him. him and I dropped him. I had him and I used him for a week. I I think who it's not even Mostert. Whoever San Francisco uses is good. That's all right. I'm Speaking thinking. of San Francisco, I got San Francisco for you. Here's my bold prediction number four. Emmanuel Sanders will finish as a wide receiver one in fantasy right now. He's number 17 overall with that's, a bullet. I never would have figured that. And that's possible. That is possible at this point. The way that they're throwing to him. I I, I don't think so. I'm going to say no. And it's but it's not far fetched. Well, consider this. Some of the guys ahead of him are guys like Adam Thielen, T.Y. Right. Hilton, all on injury. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So when you factor that in, I think there's a this is a real good shot. <laughs> that Emmanuel Sanders can do this. Yeah, and who knows with Julio Jones, too, what he ends up being the rest of the year. Okay, uh, I got Brandon Allen throwing for more touchdown passes than Baker Mayfield rest of the season. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, I, I am, I am speechless, which rarely that. happens on this program. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could probably say, I don't think so, but you can't say unequivocally. No. <laughs> After what you've seen from Baker Mayfield, you cannot. Oh, I don't know who who does this say more about. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond to this. Brandon wow. Allen is not going to be as good as he was moving forward. They'll what the film. There's zero film on this kid in the pros now. They're, now they're talking. <laughs> you know, but Brandon Allen will have that like little Minshew effect, and then it'll fall apart. But I, I don't. I'm, listen, I saw some uh, somebody breaking down film of Mayfield. He's not even seeing the guys the right way. So no, anyway, Mayfield uh, looks all kinds of lost, man. I just, I just hope. You know, for those sake of the Browns, you know, as much as I like to make jokes because it's fun, I hope they get him right. You know, you just don't you don't want to see this organization continue to spin their wheels, especially when they finally did start to get better. It's just not going to get better with the current leadership they have. They you know, you can't hand over these kind of personalities with this much volatility to a coach like Freddie Kitchens, who's just fresh out of the gate. I don't think it's a good combination. That's one. All right. Uh, last one for me. Noah Fant will finish this year as a tight end one, which is partially because of your uh your love for Brandon Allen there and look rookie quarterbacks like to kind of check down find the tight end. He's number 15 right now. And we've seen some injuries in the tight ends ahead of him too. So number 15, can he crack the top 12? I say yes. Possibly next year. Noah fans going to be really good. 
Good Agreed. keeper to hang on to. He'll be better than Hawkinson, I think. He's another good cheap dynasty target, which we'll try to put that together like, maybe for yeah. tomorrow too. He can't block. I don't know. I'm not so. Who's a great blocking tight end that doesn't catch? Like they'll just get another guy that's a tight end that can block. Uh, my final one: the top fantasy wide receiver rest of the season is Keenan Allen. Mm. He'd have to be healthy to do it. That's an Dil- easy. It's an easy one to doubt, but you know, every year it's coming. Keenan Allen's coming. 17 catches, 320 yards in one game. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I guess here's the question. Will one game outdo everybody else? And it's you no. can't say no. no. It's coming. I think you know I'm going to say this is the only one that I of yours that I think is. The, I think of all the it's ones you've best. done, this is the yeah. least impossible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's far, it's only far because best. of the health. That's that's more not because of the trend of Keenan Allen, but because of the health of Keenan Allen historically putting us in weird spots. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the NFL playoff picture and see who can sneak in. One o'clock Eastern hour is about 30 minutes from being over, and then we'll turn it over to full-time fantasy with Dr. Ritter. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you. Don't forget, we will be right back here tomorrow as we take a look at the waiver wire in fantasy football. Some of you have to make that decision tonight. You should tell your commissioner, please do not make me have to make my decision tonight. Way too early. Got college basketball tonight. We got college football tonight, too. The Mac starts to have their action on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because the World Series is over. So there's college football essentially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. NFL, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. It's it's just a great time of the year for sports. No question about that. Uh, all right. So with us being where we kind of think where we know some of the teams, and again, a lot can change before the end of the year. It still looks pretty clear to me of the major teams who are going to end up making it. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the Patriots seem to be headed in the right direction to not only make the playoffs, but get the home field. Baltimore seems to be locked in for a spot. The 49ers are getting in. Saints are definitely getting in. Uh, it is kind of a year, Joe, where it's the haves and the have nots. And I would say that. In terms of where we stand with the playoffs, I would say that I, in normal years, I would say we have about half the field that we know. I think we have like 80% of the field this year. I, I just, there are very few teams that I see that can just jump into this thing that aren't in the picture right now. Um, the Raiders are one that I like. I don't, I wouldn't dismiss the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. That could be another potential team. The Carolina Panthers, depending on how you see them, could make a run. But that's about it, man. Like, I I think I know who everybody is at this point. Well, I also have to look at right now who's in the wild card round. And the teams in the wild card round right now, as it stands today, is of entering week 10. you got the Colts, Texans, Bills, Chiefs. So just from the AFC 
I would imagine with Mahomes coming back, the Chiefs will hold that slot. I think because Buffalo gets to play the Jets more and gets to play the Dolphins more than they're getting you know, nine you, wins. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna get to nine wins and they're probably gonna be there as well. The Colts are the team of the four remaining AFC teams I'm worried about. Worried about Brissett's health, TY Hilton not being there tough. The kicking game has not been good. Look, I've been on that cold bandwagon. I've been trying to rah-rah, but now they're starting to come away with some injuries where you just can't. There's a certain point where you just hit that limit where you're missing too many pieces, and there's nothing you can do to overcome it. So I would not be shocked. Here's the teams that are sitting 4-4 four and four right now, the Steelers and the Raiders. And if either one of those teams snuck in the playoffs, it would not shock me, especially the Raiders, especially with the schedule at home they have coming up. And with this new kind of enthusiastic young team they have that doesn't know any better, if the Raiders make the playoffs, what an incredible turnaround story that would be in one year. Yeah, and they have a a good chance. I think you mentioned a a nice soft schedule here, at least coming up at home. And in terms of the Colts, as we mentioned yesterday, with the Steelers beating the Colts in the head-to-head matchup, if they tie, Steelers get in. So the Colts can't really afford any blips. We'll see how... Brissett ends up this week. And in terms of Buffalo, I feel like we're headed toward a Buffalo Kansas City playoff game. I feel like Buffalo plays Kansas City every every year in the playoffs. <laughs> well, the, back in the day in the Jim Kelly era, they certainly did. It was the Joe Montana. Like we're always seeing that. Yeah. yeah. We're always seeing the Texans in the wild card round, too, right? Well, well it like- it's because they never do enough to handle their business to win enough games to have home, you know, home field advantage throughout, you know, or or get that by. They always kind of make it. They don't make it with authority. And it's hard, too, because the Patriots, because of the weak division they've played in historically, they end up having that bye, and they end up having most of the time at least one home playoff game. And that is that's tough that every year you got to go through New England. And I'll tell you what, I I'm suspect that any of these teams remaining can go into New England and win. I really am. It's a tough thing to do in January. The Ravens probably have the best shot at doing that because they're the best coach team of all of them. But it'll be fascinating to see. Now, on the other side, you're right. The 49ers and Saints, I think they're locks too, and they're not going anywhere. Um, Then you have the Vikings, Packers, Seahawks, and Cowboys. Those are the four teams that are locked in. The teams remaining, as you mentioned, Eagles, five and four, Panthers, five and three, Rams, five and three. I'm going to, my bold prediction here is that all four of those teams that I mentioned originally that are locked in right now stay. Yeah, the Rams are the big question just because they have what it takes to get there. It's just, we haven't seen it at all. Do you remember a couple weeks? What did we say? I said the Rams can win 10 games and not make the playoffs. And right now you're looking at it and that's looking more and more true. They just haven't been impressive. They haven't really beaten anyone. But the worst part is they lost to teams that they should have beat like Tampa. And then you, you take Seattle to the brink and don't win that football game. That's a game that's going to come back to haunt them. Seattle is not winning anything, by the way, if this is the way that they're going to play, they're going to lose in the playoffs. If they, they, I've, the defense is just like what Schaub did to them and Winston, like those two quarterbacks destroyed them. I don't care if Seattle wins 10 games. I, I think they get knocked out. Who's yeah. the most likely out of the four teams in the NFC right now that's in the wild card round? Would it be the Vikings for you? Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Well, if Seattle like- doesn't make the playoffs, there goes Russell Wilson MVP. Oh, no. They, oh, I think that, yeah, but the, to not make the playoffs is a stretch. They're two games ahead. I mean, well, that's why I'm asking. I'm saying of the four. The Rams, did the Rams play? I, I apologize for this. Did the Rams play Seattle yet? Yeah, the Rams played Seattle in that that Thursday night game. Remember that one that went to the brink? The first one on the streak that I started of getting them right? Won that one. Seattle won. They missed the field goal. Zero line missed the field goal. So obviously the Rams have to beat Seattle the next time. That's the end of the story for them. Yeah, it's a must. They got to win that game. Carolina is going to end up winning eight, nine games. They probably don't have enough 
And the Eagles, I never rule out the Eagles. I'm not going to rule them out. But they would need to also continue this run that they're on. And, and then after that, that's it. Among like the bottom teams here, uh, I say the Lions have no shot. They'll probably nope. finish 4-12. Four, four no, that loss last this past weekend, that killed them. That's it. Lions are done. Not that good. Cardinals are done. Bears are done. Bucks are done, of course. So are the Giants. Okay, in the AFC... Beyond the Steelers and Raiders, who we both would have to agree are still in it for sure. Jacksonville is the only other team that I would say has any kind of chance. I don't give any chance to Tennessee. I don't give any chance to the Chargers. Everybody else has three wins or less, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not giving anything to the Jaguars either. I don't know if I'm sold when Foles comes back. Everything's all better. I just don't. I, I, I think it's the Raiders and Steelers really for that last spot. And I think one of them is going to get in when all is said and done in the Colts because the Colts have to play the Texans again. And when they lose that game, that's going to put them in a bad spot there in that division. And you got to really worry then that the Raiders can really sneak in there. It'd be fascinating after all this. I'll tell you what, man, if Mike Tomlin gets this team to the playoffs this year with no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell and no Ben Roethlisberger, I will absolutely shut up about what kind of coach Mike Tomlin is for the rest of my life. I promise. I promise you if you can get them into the playoffs. I, I think that you're too off the Jaguars. I, I think that it sets up nicely for them. The Jaguars, listen to this. The Jaguars play the, first of all, they play the Colts twice, Joe. Okay. So, okay. All right. Well, I forgot they had two against the Colts. So that, that right. that's a huge swing now, if they win both. That has to happen. Right. Okay. So let's be yeah. clear. That has to happen. Let's say it does. Buccaneers at home. Chargers at home. Chargers at home. Maybe a W. You don't know. Uh, at the Titans. Ugh, at the Raiders. Maybe, maybe not. The bottom line is there's there's nine wins sitting here, possibly out there for them. And that gets them in if they beat the Colts twice. The rest so, of the season here, these next seven weeks, are basically in the AFC. These are playoff games. They these are going to be fun because all these, like even just going through right now, you mentioning these games. The Colts play the you know the Jaguars a bunch of times. You're going to have to play the Texans. Uh, the Chiefs have a game against the Patriots. It's going to be huge there in New England a couple weeks. The Steelers have a couple big games coming up. They just won a big game against the Colts. These are almost like little miniature playoff games. Whereas the NFC. I just don't feel like that's the case, except for maybe when the Eagles play the Cowboys. The Eagles have to go on a real run here. I just don't know if they have that mojo this year. I just don't. I feel like the Cowboys are kind of going to start to run away with that division. And I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. If anybody falls out, to me, the Vikings fall out before the Seahawks. But, you know, just because they are at 7-2 and two right now. You know, they won some games they shouldn't have won the Seahawks, but they did. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that 7-2 and two matters. What did you think about this story from The Athletic yesterday that reported the Chargers could consider moving to London? I'll tell you what, man. I think the London would embrace them. I've done. Seems like a great fit, man. Seems I agree. Like- I I love it. I don't think it's that impossible. I mean, it's the same thing. Flying to London, New York is the same thing as flying from New York to Los Angeles. So what's the big difference? Like, who cares? Like this whole London thing. Well, is they would, so well, they would have to. Yeah, well, they would have to play. Uh, you know, okay, so they'll have eight home games. They would have to try their road games. They got to be in the East, don't they? Or the South? Well, look, if that happens, you're going to go to the second bye week. I'm telling you right now, that has to happen from tra- teams' travel schedules. And didn't there used to be two bye weeks? No. Mm-mm. No, maybe in college there was. No, there was never two bye weeks. But I, I think you would get the mandatory two bye weeks. Maybe you'll get the extra game too. I mean, that CBA is coming up. So if you can get the extra game and the second bye week, I think that becomes a very logistically doable thing. I would like to see it. And I can tell you, uh, I've been on the five yard rush podcast a bunch of times. It's a couple of great dudes. 
uh, Adam Murphy and uh, Chris Mitchell, and they do uh, a show out there in London. They started a couple of years ago, the two of them, big NFL fans. Murph actually went to school in Florida, so he was a Florida man for a short while and grew to love football, brought his love for football back. And then they started playing games in London. And he was all excited and he went with a bunch of people and they started fantasy leagues and they became a whole big thing over there. And he asked me to come on the pod. I've been on this pod. I know uh, Marcus Grant's been on a bunch of the NFL network guys have been on and they do a great job. They love the game and they've keep growing. They, they started a huge like fantasy, you know, kind of like the Raz Bowl thing. And they got a couple hundred people playing in that They I'm in there too. It's great fun. They love it. He said they are hot for football right now in London. He said yeah, it's crazy. Like it. The places it's impossible to get in. People are outside. It's absolutely nuts, he said, and they love the product. And if they gave them a team, he thinks they would embrace it without a doubt. So the Colts would move to the West and the Chargers would move to the South is, is some of the discussion that is what would happen. I mean, that does make the most sense. I mean, you're not moving Jacksonville out of the South, right? You're not moving Tennessee out of the South. But no, Indiana seems to be at least the. I know they're central, but it seems to be more further west. It makes it more feasible for them. They have to be in the east or the south, Joe. I mean, that's no, I, I would I would agree with that. Houston, but if Houston, I'm the Chargers, what Houston, what Houston moves to the west. I'd rather Houston move to the west, to be honest with you, than Indianapolis. I, I think Houston, just from a flight standpoint, the standpoint would be closer to playing those teams in the west. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, well, you also have to realize two major hub airports to not that it matters because they're charter flights anyway, but like this is the guy who worked at the hotel coming out like just from the travel standpoint, he's Texas is so easy to fly in and out of. Yeah. And listen, so, Dallas is still the NFC East, Joe, you know, like, I mean, it seems to work for them. Yeah, it's fine. Look, that that look and certain traditions like that. I don't think you want to break up Cowboys Giants or Eagles Cowboys like Houston. Nothing. Right. Right. You know, no, there's no great rivalry there. They're the only team that's been around the last 20 years anyway. I think the Chargers would be great there. I think the Chargers would be embraced and they would actually have a home field advantage, I think, there. Of course they would. The team it would have, great. I'll go as far as to say, an enormous home field advantage if they moved out there. Listen, anything is better than the scenario they have now. Uh, also today, let's uh, just throw this out there real quick before we get out of here. Josh Adams. I remember him playing in college at uh, Notre Dame, I believe, uh, was added from the practice squad. So that definitely puts a damper on Le'Veon Bell's outlook this week, Joe. Uh, man, I'm not playing Ty Montgomery, even if he's on the waiver wire in any fantasy league. So it's 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 dark times for sure. I'm an owner of Bell in a league I need to win. So I'm not going to have a lot of... I may Fire up those Bilal Powell shares. And I'll tell you what, if you're Le'Veon Edmund, Bell after all that stuff... Edmonds guy, man. Yeah. Well, that's true too. But I mean, if you're a Bilal... If you're a... If you're a you know, Le'Veon Bell and they were talking about trading you and all this other stuff. And you've been such a good model citizen. I don't think you're running back to get with a one and seven team right now and try to put your hint, your career at risk. I wouldn't be doing that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have to make the decision tomorrow for me. I'm a bell owner. I have McKissick. That could be a way that I would go. I have to figure this all out. All right. You can uh, McKissick your season away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll take a short time out here on the show. Exit velocity is uh, what we used to do. Now it's called the two minute drill. So we'll have the two minute drill coming up next. We end the show. Don't go away. To 
light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Yes, it is time. We have shifted over. Used to be Exit Velo. I know that the big Exit Velo fans are all up in arms that we don't do Exit Velocity anymore, but we'll bring it back in 2020. For now, it is what we call the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? And I'll end the show today with a little bit of college football talk. Yes, college basketball does start tonight. I'll be all over Duke and Kansas, no doubt. But this weekend, while we are focused on the very big matchup that is LSU and Alabama, let us not belittle the fact that in the Big Ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers and P.J. Fleck, who is also a nominate for Coach of the Year in college football and a potential NFL coach, are doing things historically that they've never done. Undefeated, going into a game against Penn State. No one thought at the beginning of the season they could get there. And by the way, still getting no respect at home, a seven-point underdog in this game. There are two huge monster games in college football this week. And I just want to remind you folks that just because the teams are not named Alabama and LSU doesn't mean that you can't watch other games that have a huge factor in the college football playoff. Remember, if Minnesota was to pull off this upset, upset Penn State no longer will have any chance at playing in the college football playoff in January. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Mike Alexander for coming on the program. For my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Mish. And coming up next is full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto is standing by with the latest on a Tuesday afternoon. Joe and I will talk to you tomorrow right here at noon on FNTSY. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.